0: Hello and welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand, and I have a live stream of Periscopers watching right now as I'm doing this show. So the the heat is on and I'm ready to do this thing. Today we're going to be talking about purpose and how important it is to your overall health. Now, as a certified functional medicine practitioner, I see people from all different spectrums that have things going on with them, whether it's Nutrient and vitamin deficiencies, whether it's inflammatory diseases, autoimmune diseases, the whole gamut, GI issues, SIBO, other types of uh, depression, anxiety, other types of mood disorders—you name it. But but beyond that, there's something even deeper that ties into your health, which is emotions and and purpose. And I was talking with a client of mine yesterday, who she happens to be watching this live periscope. She knows who she is, and all of her symptoms and her issues didn't really add up so we had this supplement program in place to work on fixing some of the symptoms eventually we get to the underlying cause but at first you know you definitely have to help someone get relief from their symptoms and we were trying to help her sleep better have more energy have less stress increase her tolerance to stress so that she could handle things better but something wasn't adding up and We talked a couple times in sort of crisis management mode to figure out what was going on, and I said, look, I said, there's something that just doesn't make sense. There's something not adding up here. We've removed any supplement that could be causing any type of anxiety or feelings of overwhelm. There's got to be something deeper. I said, is there any big decisions that you have that you have to make in life? And she said, well, you know, there's definitely some decisions that I want to make, but not too much and there's some things that I have talked with my husband about and but that's pretty much it. And I knew there was something deeper, right? It's like as soon as you get an inch. Oh, I heard it. I I know there's something deeper and I said, "Well, there's got to be something even deeper than this." And then she sort of breaks down a little bit. She says, "I might cry here." And I said, "Okay, that's fine, you know. Cry if you have to cry." And turns out there was a lot of emotional turmoil behind the scenes that's been going on for some time now. There were family members in town around the holidays that were causing significant stress. And then on top of that, there was a lack of fulfillment and a sense of purpose that wasn't fully achieved. And long story short, we found what that purpose was. You know, some two hours later, we got to the bottom of it and there was A huge sigh of relief, not only for me from the practitioner perspective, but for her as the patient perspective as well, because now we've discovered what is actually causing some of these symptoms that didn't add up, right? So I had this protocol lined out. I've had dozens of people with the same exact type of lab result, you know, some adrenal fatigue going on, some a little bit of anxiety, stress, overwhelm going on, and I have. Almost to a T perfected the protocol that I use in this situation and it wasn't making sense. But ah, we found this we found this deeper emotional issue where she wants to contribute something to the world and she's not being able to use her voice. So she feels limited. Now, this is 95% of my my female clients that I work with, you know, type A go-getters want to change the world but don't know the exact process of how she wants to do it, right? So she's got this idea, I want to help people get healthy. I want to do something like you do. Maybe I don't want to be, you know, as much of a geek in terms of the science stuff, but I want to be able to help people take that first step with their health. And, you know, she wants to help people go from a conventional diet into a more paleo-ish, whole foods, natural, organic, however you want to call it, lifestyle and, and diet. And I think that's wonderful. And as soon as we found out what her purpose was, as soon as we found out what she actually wants to do, we knew right at that point that we figured it. We figured it out. That's the missing piece. That's the missing key. And so many people, and this isn't maybe the fault of the practitioner, but so many people when they are working with a healthcare practitioner, whether it's a naturopath or whether it's a chiropractor or whether it's um, some other type of holistic nutritionist or something like that, you know, we focus so much on the diet pieces, right? We're trying to tweak the diet. Let's tweak the, the fitness. Oh, you have anxiety? You must have low blood sugar. Let's make sure that we add in some more butter and some more coconut oil because we need these fats to stabilize your blood sugar, right? And, that, and that's a totally adequate treatment model, adding in good fats and making sure that that blood sugar is stable. That's totally relevant and absolutely you know, a must. It's it's a foundation. If you're skipping meals and you're doing intermittent fasting combined with adrenal stress, you're burning the candle at both ends, you're trying to take care of your kids and cook for your husband or your wife and you're trying to run your business and things like that. Yes, obviously if the nutrition's not dialed in, if you're being too sedentary, all of that's going to affect your overall health. But now, if you are lacking purpose, among all this, right, you're just getting by. You're just putting in your 40 hours or you're putting in the time at home as a housewife. Whatever it is, you're putting in that time, but yet you're not fulfilling that deeper purpose. It's most, not not most, but it's more than likely that you're not going to get to that top 1% of health or that top 1% of happiness. And I work with people that want to be that top 1%. Yes, do I help people that just want to feel better, have less pain, have more energy, have less brain fog, lose some belly fat, sleep better, have a better sex drive? Yeah, I totally help all those things. But beneath all of that, if you really dig deep enough in yourself as you're listening to this and you're trying to get to the bottom of everything in life, it typically comes down to two things. One is happiness, and two is purpose. You don't want to have more energy just to have more energy, right? You don't want to have better sleep just to have better sleep. You want to have better sleep to have better sleep so that you can have better energy so that you can go do the things that you want to do with the people that you love. That's what all of this is about, except we always focus on the things at the surface, but we're not actually focusing on the deeper pieces. I want more energy because why? So I try to ask this question with all my clients. Well, what is it that you actually want to do? You say that you're tired all the time. You say you have this belly fat, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what is it? Why do you want that? And if we dig deep enough together, and if the client, like the one I'm talking about, she was so lovely being open enough to this discussion because a lot of people, they have this wall up, and they don't want to admit of what the deeper cause is. And if you dig deep enough with anybody, they want to feel better because they want to look better, because they want to be more confident, they want to feel sexy so they can, you know, please their husband or, you know, pick up a date, whatever it is. They want to have more energy so they can go hiking or they can go on a kayaking trip. I have a lady that's taking a trip to Hawaii and she wants to make sure that she has enough energy so that she can keep up with her niece during her vacation. You know, these are the deeper reasons of why we do what we do. It's not that you're trying to fix XYZ symptom. And so when you treat people, like they're a robot and you're only looking at the symptoms that you're dealing with and you're forgetting these deeper underlying reasons of why somebody actually wants to achieve something, in my opinion, you're failing as a practitioner. And so, you know, my message here is for both you as a client or, you know, practitioners out there that I know listen to the show, you can't just look at a lab test and diagnose and treat that lab test you have to treat the person like a human being. If you just are treating lab numbers, it's not gonna make sense. Here I am looking at a lab test. I see stage three adrenal fatigue, right? 99 out of 100 people that I test, that's what we see these days just because so many people are depleted. So we look at it, we see that the hormone levels are off, we see that there's an imbalanced rhythm, things like that. But we put the protocol in place with the supplements and the symptoms are still persisting and we're not getting anything to budge. So at that point, you have to dig deeper, and I talk not to the lab, I talk to the person, and we see, okay, look, here's the deal. We're lacking purpose. So my recommendation was this, and this is the same recommendation for you. Get a piece of paper out, get a pen. You could do this now, you could do this later. It doesn't matter to me when you do it, but I want you to set your desire and set your intention. Now, simply wanting something It's not enough. Anytime you want something, you're going to repel that energy away. So want, want, want. That's not a good emotion. But desire and intention. I desire to have this type of life. I desire to be free of my pain. I desire to be the weight that I want to be. I desire to, you know, look as good as I want to. Get rid of my arthritis in my wrist. I desire to have more energy. I desire to sleep better. I intend to sleep better. I intend to be a better mom to my children. I intend to be a better dad and support my kids and be able to take them to the grocery store because that's what I want to do. I intend to be the best version of myself, right? So see how it's just a slight difference that you're changing. You're changing wanting to desiring and intending to have something. And and that puts you in a place of power as a place of want, right? So it's it takes you from being kind of a beggar for the things that you want in life to choosing what you want to have. And that small shift is what you need to take yourself to the next level. So get that piece of paper, get that pen out. If you desire and intend to be a multimillionaire and you have clients all around the world that pay you $15,000 an hour, sure. Write that desire and write that intention down. That's totally fine. Now if you just desire to feel better so that you can go on a hiking trip or you can go cross-country skiing in Utah with your friends and family, then that's fine too, but you have to find that purpose, and once you find that purpose, now that you have that dialed in, now you can make sure that all the other pieces are set, right, so it's hard to picture or draw the perfect pyramid, like if we think back of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, he has thirst, and food and sex and things like that at the bottom right these human primal desires that we must have to be happy in life and then up and up and up to the top of the pyramid you have self actualization now i think the modern version is going to be a little bit different but that's kind of an accurate model to go off of but what if we flipped that pyramid upside down and what if we put purpose at the bottom or self-actualization, what if we put that at the bottom right next to, say, good quality nutrition? So not only is your organic food important, not only is your grass-fed butter important, not only is drinking half your body weight in high-quality spring water or other clean filtered water important, right next to that, maybe you have the exercise component. Where you're not beating yourself up you're doing some low intensity exercise maybe you're going for a 15 to 30 minute walk twice a day maybe you're lifting weights with low intensity to build muscle which is the best way to prevent brain degeneration as you age is building muscle this is the type of thing that you want to do and you want to have that together and then right next to that you have purpose so what if all three of these things can be at the bottom of this pyramid of what's going to make you a truly happy and healthy human. I don't think this episode needs to be that much longer. I'm sure I could rant and talk about multiple different facets and break this down a little bit further, but you get the gist of this. Yes, having your nutrition dialed in is important. Yes, having a good fitness plan is important. Having healthy movement is important. But what about this purpose What about your social connections? There's a lot of research coming out now about social isolation being more harmful than smoking cigarettes. That's mind-blowing to me. So if there's any of these pieces to the puzzle that are missing, and there's lots of pieces, if there's any of these missing, you're going to have to find out what that purpose is or what that other piece that is missing. If you feel trapped and socially isolated, Go to meetup.com and look for a group. Look for a, a local hiking group. Look for a local knitting group. Look for a healthy, natural living mom's group. Something like that and join it and find that social group and find that social interaction. Write down that desire. Write down that intention. Write down the purpose. And then beyond the background, in the background, running this whole time is a healthy movement routine and a healthy lifestyle Going to bed at good times, getting lots of bright light exposure, getting fresh air, turning your Wi-Fi off at night, not using the cell phone next to your head if you don't have to. All these other pieces are equally important, but just think a little bit deeper. Go one drawer deeper in the chest of pieces to add to this puzzle and see if you don't feel better. All right, so we're going to do a few minutes here on the podcast That is from a live Q&A that I'm doing on Periscope at the same time. So uh, Alejandro asked, what do I think about the new screening that CNN is recommending for depression? So I just looked up this article, thanks to him, that just came out yesterday. And it says, doctors should screen pregnant women, new moms for depression, task force recommends. And he was asking what I think about this article. So this isn't just for pregnant moms. It's they're they're mainly saying for everyone. There is a nine question test called a patient health questionnaire that's supposed to identify people having depression and ask about mood fatigue and concentration. And this is what your primary care physician would be looking over before he or she comes to see you. Now, I really don't think that this is a good idea for one reason. The pharmaceutical companies are so integrated with the mainstream healthcare industry that say you do go to your primary care physician, you take this screening test that most likely is going to be heavily slanted to diagnosing everyone with depression, and then most of the time, what are you going to do? You're going to leave that doctor's office with a antidepressant, and your depression is not a deficiency of an antidepressant. Depression, someone who struggled with it myself and had to fix it, it is a symptom that has many different causes. So whether this is inflammation from nutrition, whether this is omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid imbalance, whether this is a lack of purpose, like we just talked about this whole podcast, whether this is emotional traumas, sexual abuse. I mean, there's so many different things that can factor into depression. Whether this is not enough social interaction, whether this is being too sedentary, things like that. These are the real root causes in the treatments that are going to be helpful for getting rid of depression. So if you go this conventional route, you take this survey, doctor says, oh, look Sally, you have depression, here's an antidepressant, see you later. That's what I'm worried about, Alejandro, to answer your question. That's why this scares me because they don't have a functional medicine outlook on this issue. And so they're just going to put more people on drugs, and we already know that more drugs is, is not the answer. So thank you for that question. All right, so Fuzzy ask on Periscope that he or she has had a persistent sinus infection that happened right after a cold, and if I had any thoughts. So the conventional model for a sinus infection or even a cold in general is they're going to say, okay, you want to go take some type of antihistamine or you want to take some type of cold medication like, um, I don't know, Advil PM or something like that that's just going to try to alleviate some of the symptoms, maybe some of the sore throat, things like that. That's not That's not the best way to do it. So, you know, the functional medicine approach, what I would personally do with a client that had a sinus infection or just not feeling good after a cold is I'm immediately going to think immune system. But now what sacrifices the immune system or what downregulates the immune system in general that even led to the cold, right? It's not normal just to get a cold. So where do I end up? I end up at the hormone system, the endocrine system, the adrenal glands, because as your nervous system gets taxed by adrenal stress, that lowers your immune system. So to answer the question, what I would do, I would investigate and look into Adrenal hormones and see whether you have some adrenal issues going on. Like I said a million times, that's like a a broken record, I'm sorry, but 99 out of 100 people I test have some adrenal stress going on, which then sacrifices the immune system. Do you ever say you have to fly, you travel cross country, and you end up getting sick or you end up getting a cold? Well, all your vitamin C, I wouldn't say all, I can't verify this, but the majority of the vitamin C in your body is stored in the adrenal glands. So anytime you are taxing yourself, you're burning the candle at both ends, you're going through significant stress, you're going to deplete those levels of vitamin C, therefore sacrificing the immune system, then you get a cold, then you're more likely to get a sinus infection. All right, so Kelly is asking on Periscope, what do I do for colds? And this is pretty timely because we're still in winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, and there's many things that underlie getting a cold so there's a couple ways we can break this down so one first step is going to be optimizing your vitamin d function your levels so if you have not had a recent blood test to get your vitamin d levels done you definitely want to do that so you want to be at a minimum 50 on your vitamin d reading now you can go all the way up to 90 some people even argue 100 or 110 nanograms on your vitamin D blood work to treat or fight cancer. I don't think necessarily you need to always be that high, around 100, but you definitely want to have your vitamin D at a minimum of 50. There are so many genes. I want to say they've identified at least, and when I say they, I mean just researchers and and general scientific journals will see, have identified at least 300 genes that are controlled by vitamin D. I guarantee it's probably thousands more than that, but if you have your vitamin D level up, You can be assured that you're doing the best you can for the immune system that way. Astragalus, it has reishi mushroom. It has all these other medicinal mushrooms in there. That's the best way to deal with a cold, in my opinion, is to start looking at some of the herbals and mushroom supports. And then obviously, you want to have a good quality vitamin C on hand too. So I take one every single day. I have a powder. It's a vitamin C powder that I take. I take it every single morning. It's delicious, Uh, and I use it for a lot of my adrenal clients as well just because vitamin C is really helpful. Other things for a cold, short-term strategies. You have elderberry syrup you can take that look out for the ones with sugar some of them have a lot of uh, glucose syrup in there but elderberry is really incredible for the immune system obviously echinacea and golden seal can be helpful I don't find them echinacea and golden seal to be as powerful sometimes as combining say the mushrooms with the elderberry the vitamin C the good fish oil the vitamin D but that's hopefully a good strategy for you and then lastly you know you want to have enough hydration and definitely some bone broth on hand there's a lot of good amino acids that help to fuel that immune system when you're doing bone broth so if you are you have a cold or maybe you just feel too sick to to make your own bone broth then you can go to the store or your farmer's market and hopefully you can find some good grass fed bone broth there and sip on some of that I do a chicken broth I do a turkey broth uh, from uh, Whole Foods they have one called uh, Pacific Pacific they just call it turkey bone broth there you go there's your answer for that one so Paleo Runners asked a question about hormone replacement therapy. He said he has, uh, I'm assuming he's a male, he said he has low testosterone and that he is an ultra runner and he was wondering about HRT. Now here's the deal with hormone replacement therapy. You are adding exogenous hormones to the body and you're going to be down regulating your own production. So what happens is just like with melatonin another commonly used hormone by the way it's not just a supplement Melatonin's a very powerful uh, anti-cancer hormone when you use melatonin supplementally for long periods of time now in crisis management it's fine but when you use that over long periods of time you downregulate your own production and that's the same thing that happens with uh, hormone replacement therapy so as you start using these uh, I'm assuming a testosterone cream you're downregulating your own production, and you're throwing off all sorts of negative feedback loops. You're creating other types of feedback loops. You throw this whole hormonal system haywire. I would recommend looking up online the hormone pathway where you can see cholesterol is at the top, all of your hormones that are made from cholesterol, and you look at these different pieces. So on one side, you have the sex hormones. On the other side, you have your cortisol, you have your DHEA, pregnenolone, etc. Now, at the bottom section, you're going to see testosterone, and if you just start adding in, you know, some uh, testosterone cream to that one little feedback loop, imagine what's going to happen to the to the whole other big piece of this puzzle. It's not going to work, so don't recommend it. What I do recommend instead: first, getting your adrenals checked, because here's what happens, and I just I talk with people every day about this same issue. You know, when your testosterone's low, that's not necessarily the root cause of the problem. Let's just add more testosterone. Most of the time, the root cause is that your body is stuck in the sympathetic mode of your nervous system. You're stuck in that fight or flight mode. So now your body is going to take every measure possible, which includes turning off sex hormones, including testosterone, to fuel more fuel and produce more cortisol. So they call that the pregnenolone steel. So it's basically like a power plant. It's like a really hot or a cold day. The power plant's gonna divert some of its energy away from things like sex hormones because your body's like, hey, why don't you just you know procreate another time? This isn't important. You're getting chased by a tiger right now. So it's gonna turn off that whole section of the um, hormone cascade pathway and then it's going to turn on more cortisol and your your sex hormones are, are, are gonna be imbalanced. You're gonna have low t it's not a good place to be. But if you address the adrenal issues, which as an ultra runner, I guarantee you have adrenal issues going on already. I've seen enough lab work of people that have done similar uh, training. You have to get that addressed first, and then you're going to be able to feel better and, and get your testosterone turned back on. Adaptogenic herbs are one one helpful way to do that, if I didn't fully answer that, that question. All right, so Lucas asks, is there any risk to daily vitamin B12 supplementation? and is what is a recommended dose so any risk i wouldn't consider vitamin b12 a dangerous supplement to take at all obviously there's many different companies that use b vitamins especially some of the more holistic companies now are using forms of vitamin B12 that are going to be activated so you are going to be finding things like hydroxycobalamin or methylcobalamin which are more activated forms because so many of my clients and so many other people out there you know almost half the population if not more I believe have say an MTHFR genetic defect meaning that they're unable to methylate and take something like cyanocobalamin a garbage form of b12 and convert that over into active so i don't see a risk in it now can you push that pathway a little bit too hard with say methylfolate and have symptoms like that Mm, you could but that's kind of a different category with b12 specifically i haven't seen much of a risk there recommended dose you know it's tough to say it just depends on how quickly are you burning through all of your b vitamins to stress what is your load as as an athlete are you exercising a lot Do you burn the candle at both ends, things like that, but typically, not too much of a problem. Dosage wise, I'm not going to give one. I would just say, you're going to be okay. Alright, so Greg asks, what do I recommend for migraine headaches? And this is one that I can go many different directions because there's so many different causes. Now I know a little bit about Greg because he joins in on the Periscopes a lot. And so I'm assuming he has a lot of things dialed in. But getting exposed to wheat or gluten, which is not just one protein. You know, there's tons and tons of different gluten, right? It's not just this one enemy that is enough, even if you don't have celiac disease, that is enough to cause a sensitivity where you could get a migraine, and I've definitely experienced it myself. So that's one piece of the puzzle. Any type of food sensitivity, let's be a little bit more general. I was getting migraine headaches from avocados, and I was getting them from walnuts, and I had to cut them out for about six to eight weeks and reintroduce them to get rid of the the migraines. I mean, it was painful, painful, painful. Uh, number two, you want to have a good amount of water in your life, so hydration's key if you want to add a little bit of lime lemon to your water, if you can tolerate citrus, that's going to be good for you too. Fatty acids, so once again, good omega threes are going to be helpful to reduce that. I've seen many different people and research journals talking about good fatty acids and helping with headaches, some specifically focused towards migraines, and there's several other supplements out there that help with migraines too. I don't have it pulled up right now to tell you, but I've seen several different blends of things, different herbs and botanicals that help with migraines. so that's sort of the last resort. Obviously, the last thing you would ever want to do is take something like an Advil or another Inside, you know, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug because that's going to cause leaky gut and then you're going to get toxins back into the bloodstream and you're going to cause even more headaches. So you always want to look towards the gut if you're having headaches too because you could have some increased permeability there where some toxins or undigested food particles are getting into the bloodstream where they're not supposed to and that could cause migraines as well. So Claudia asked, how often should we take melatonin and be safe? This is something I can be general about, and it's really helpful. Once to three times per week is going to be about it. Now, I try to use melatonin only in extreme cases of people that have sleep issues that are just out of this world, and typically we're going to do a low dose. I'm talking three milligrams would be a lot, so three milligrams or less. I mean, even one milligram sometimes you can get away with it, sometimes even half of a milligram so about 500 micrograms I've even seen some and a very small dosage of 300 micrograms you know uh, 0.3 of 1 milligram dosage of melatonin less is more with melatonin in terms of dosage and frequency if you just have an absolutely crazy schedule maybe you have a swing shift schedule you're working third shift or you you know you're up in the middle of the night you're trying to go to bed you're in a bad situation with those that schedule anyway uh, but melatonin is something that I used as a crutch when I used to work an overnight shift to help me to deal with it a little bit better. And I tried to use it as little as possible. I much prefer using some different herbs, passion flower, chamomile, things like that to help you sleep. I really find that melatonin is something that it's sort of like when you're watching Titanic and Rose has to go get the axe and he's, she's got to cut Jack, she's got to cut the chain and get him free. I mean, she needed that tool. She needed that axe at the last minute to chop the chain and, and set him free from the boat. That's the same type of use I use for melatonin. If I absolutely have to use it, then we'll use it. Otherwise, there's a lot of other tools we can use. Melissa asked, would getting up in the middle of the night with a young child affect cortisol levels? This is a big maybe. I would say absolutely. Because here's what most moms do they wake up they turn on a lamp even if it's if it's a dim lamp your skin receptors can pick up light you have that scn the supracosmetic nucleus back behind that eye there that's picking up on light and cortisol is a hormone primarily driven by light so if you are waking up in the middle of the night say you have a young child maybe that you're breastfeeding something like that or you're just getting up because your, your young child's not sleeping through the night most likely, yes, you're going to have an elevation of cortisol for a couple of reasons. One, you're going to be exposed to light most of the time. And two, maybe your baby's crying, right? Maybe he or she's whining. That's going to drive up your cortisol in itself. That's, that's normal. I would expect that to happen. We just want to reduce the amount of cortisol spike that you have in the middle of the night. So say you do breastfeed and then you put the child back to sleep that you're able to go back to sleep and rest and recover yourself. So what I would recommend, try to keep yourself covered up you know, with long sleeves or put on a robe or something like that because we want to reduce the amount of skin receptors that are getting exposed to that light. If you do have to use a light, obviously you want to be able to use a dim light if possible and you want to use one that's more orange in color. You definitely don't want to use any type of like a white light or like a daylight considered light bulb, definitely orange, amber, those type of really low bulbs. If you want to even use a red light bulb, that's going to be your best bet, sort of like a party bulb. Obviously, you could use blue-blocking glasses. Those are a couple things that you can do to reduce the, the spike of cortisol. At some level, it's going to be normal, though, to, if you're waking up in the middle of the night with a kid. All right, last question here. This is uh, Paleo Runners again. What blood test should I get to check for the pregnenolone steel? There is no blood test that I would recommend for this because you can't identify with accuracy, and with a good rhythm of your hormone function. So I just had a talk, let's see, when was this? Earlier this week with a client who he went to his endocrinologist and he got some blood work done that showed that he had an elevated cortisol level. But then when we run his salivary adrenal profile, we see that he's low all day and that he actually is having an extremely low output of hormones an extremely low output of cortisol likely because he's been stressed out due to over exercise or other sources for too long and he was frustrated because the endocrinologist told him that everything was okay and that his blood levels showed that he may even have a little bit of high cortisol but blood measurements are not accurate for fixing these type of issues taking a blood measurement of cortisol is sort of like going outside and touching the sidewalk in the middle of the day and trying to estimate the forecast for the week. It's not, it's not going to work. So what I recommend in that case is doing a salivary hormone test. So now there's a basic one that I typically run on people or there's a more comprehensive one where we can actually look at testosterone, we can look at your estrogen and all the other metabolites of your hormones and determine how is this whole system getting, impacted by adrenal function so cortisol rhythm you know that's my number one goal that's typically what i look at nine times out of ten this is going to be the starting place but then beyond that we can look at some of these other hormones that are identified in two ways one is either saliva and two is going to be urine and we can see these metabolites and see what other type of hormone problems exist and if you see that they have low cortisol or high cortisol or any stage of adrenal stress you can be positive or you can rest assured that there is some sort of pregnenolone steal going on it's fascinating subject great question all right that was so fun i hope you enjoyed this slightly different type of show here if you're not following me on periscope i know you're probably like dude come on i came to the podcast to listen to the podcast Leave me alone, but I encourage you to go follow me on Periscope there because it is such a fun and interactive community that we have of health seekers over there and practitioners that are on my scopes, talking, chiming in. It's just it's so fun, and it's live. I mean, you can't beat it. So if you're looking to schedule a consultation with me, definitely do that back at the website. I'll talk with you for 15 minutes at no charge around the world. Let's talk about your health symptoms. Let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about your purpose. Let's talk about finding the other pieces of the puzzle that nobody's even thinking about looking for they're going to help you feel your best and live the life that you want to live all right this is Evan brand signing out I'll talk to you next week bye like bye yeah, like cool. she doesn't have a clue that he's Why I mean the tie, I got to watch out girl Don't wanna see her by her eyes out girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you better